broadcasting around the world. This is the Hard Asset Money Show. Your wealth, your money, your future. Serious talk about what's happening and how you can profit. Live in 3, 2, 1. Welcome back, everybody. This is Christian Briggs, your host of the Hard Asset Money Show. Coming to you live from San Juan, Puerto Rico. Today, we have got probably one of the best shows we've done yet. Uh, based on popular request, this show is going to be talking about how to survive the mega collapse of 22. Yes, we probably have a hell of a correction coming. Uh, we've already seen one here for January pretty well, going into February now. So I would say buckle up, hold on, because we've got a hell of a show. So with that, stand by. We'll be back in a couple seconds. Here we go. This podcast is brought to you by Hard Asset Management. We have the guaranteed lowest prices on all precious metals and rare coins. Call us at 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. Welcome back. Uh, This is Christian Briggs, your host of the Hard Asset Money Show. Today, this show is going to be focusing on what about the collapse or the correction or the meltdown or the sky's falling in. All of these various terms are being thrown around right now to describe what we all know is the inevitable, what goes up must come down, right? We know this. The stock market has seen a tremendous pullback in uh, January here coming into February now. We have seen a a fairly substantial drop in consumer spending. Uh, Look at the PayPal's, look at the squares, look at the first datas, look at all the processors of transactions they are uh, they're getting hammered pretty hard over the last three four months consumer spending in december down 1.9 percent how bad of a miss was that oh they were expecting a 0.01 decline they got a 1.9 decline so about an 1800 percent drop uh based on what the uh the average estimates were december is not a typical month for uh retail sales to drop but it was this time inflation uh, current administrations, uh, policies on on a lot of different things, especially mandates, lockdowns, vaccines, masks, you name it. They're, they're scaring people. They're making people pretty much ask themselves, what is it that I have to have? I'll buy it. And they're almost holding back on more of that discretionary spending, things that they would love to have but maybe don't need. So they're buying the essentials, and the essentials are skyrocketing in price. So we are we are seeing a pretty good drying up of liquidity, at least on the consumer side here fairly quickly uh, since around November, December. So today's show is how to survive the mega collapse of 2022. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that. So when we look at pretty much what's current, let's look at what's current. Stock market is off just slightly its all-time high. The NASDAQ, off slightly from its all-time high. But both have had corrections in the sense of that 5 to 10%, which is not unhealthy. But is that now by the dip, or is that watch out below, this is the beginning? So what I'm trying to do in today's show is to kind of bring the head economics of today, which then you can look at for the next 6, 12 months to prepare for what we know is gravity. Gravity will always win at the end of the day. What goes up must come down. Nothing goes up forever. So what we're talking about right now is, will gold hit 4000 announced this year? Will silver hit $40 announced this year? 
Okay, what will happen to those two hard assets, two individual independent pieces of hard asset, right? You got your silver, you got your gold. Will rare coins continue to grow this year at the substantial numbers that we've seen over the last four or five, six years? In fact, if you've been getting a lot of our email updates, we've been sending out here about every 48 hours, we're just getting a lot of requests for updates. We've seen some substantial increases in rarities. So will that continue? I mean, we've seen a 300, a 400% increase. Cash is just flowing into hard assets, precious metals, and obviously rare coins. Will this year be the first year we see a $15 Starbucks cup? Okay. What about the S&P 500? The yield on the 10-year treasury note and the price of oil. Well, we're going to talk about it today. What it is today and what does that mean for the rest of this year or where could it end up being at the end of the year? That's the question you have to ask yourself because remember markets look 6-12 months down the road they don't look at the road they're looking way down there they pick a point and they say okay we already know what reality is of the day but let's look at the perception of what it could look like and let's be proactive and make sure that we're ready for economic boom or economic bust so will the fed taper and cause a stimulus tantrum in both the stock and bond markets will we finally get rid of these mandates Will China invade Taiwan? Is World War III coming around the corner with Russia and Ukraine? Are we fated for a complete social distortion? I mean, these are all things that people are asking and talking about, and it seems to be coming up in every conversation. So I said, you know what? We're going to do a show on this. So everybody listening, and we're getting a lot of people, every show gets more and more listeners. I've always said, you can email us, you can call us, you can text us, whatever you want. We want your opinions because your opinions are what you're thinking and what you're thinking is what matters. Like anybody would, we want to hear from you. So we're going to take today's show and talk about a lot of the things that people are coming to us and asking. We're not registered investment advisors. I have no experience in that. I'm, as everybody knows, I, I deal in precious metals and rare coins. I have this show to try to enlighten people and give them opportunities to think differently or to think more objectively. So today's show is going to put everything on the table and then you make your decisions that are best for you and your family for the long term. So as we move forward here, the answers to a lot of the questions will no doubt will be revealed in due course. So everything we talk about today is going to be revealed. And so, as I say, in the meantime, our advice is to trust your gut. In other words, what do you think? Your guesses are usually better as individuals. You think that right now the market might be a little high in stocks? You're probably right. We've seen some some decent selling in January. Now we're in February. So, you know, bully to the people that have done what I've always said is diversify. Doesn't mean you have to sell everything. It means that you always add inclusion to your investment portfolio, hard assets, which is a way in which to offset economic downturns. We all know that precious metals and rare coins for hundreds of years thousands of years have been an incredibly prudent uh, investment, certainly for the long term when you're diversifying your portfolio. The Hard Asset Money Show will be right back after a word from our sponsor. Green energy demand should turbocharge silver prices to $200 an ounce, according to many experts around the world. Silver in 2020 rose nearly 48%, beating the S&P by double, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. 
Call now and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. So let's jump into it here. Let's let's talk about the hard stuff because as I we're speaking today, let's talk about the S&P. Let's talk about the Dow. Let's talk about how the Russell 2000, if you will. I mean, these are things that we can check on the internet. We can look at them. Are they solid? Are they ready to be corrections? Are there going to be increasing in the valuations? What's going to happen? Well, let's talk about PayPal for a second. All right. <clears throat> PayPal this week had a really bad week. Uh, Facebook called Meta had a really bad week, had a bad couple of days. These are because one, advertisers are starting to hold back a little bit of their budgets or, or at least slow down spending because their consumers have now started to show some reluctance to step up and pay these incredibly inflationary prices for everything. I mean, we're at 40-year highs. In fact, I'll take a leap of faith on this one. We will break the 40-year high. We'll be into the all-time highs at the rate we're going. If it doesn't slow down, if we don't see some substantial pullback in consumer spending, which I think we're already seeing, and we see the interest rates hike, which are coming, then yes, we're going to probably have a substantial pullback in many things. And unfortunately, that can be real ugly too when it comes to equities and bonds. One, interest rates are definitely going higher this year. The 10-year treasury is almost at what, 2% now? I mean, it's just shy of that 2%. Not that that's a killer, but it's the highest it's been in quite some time, number of years. Two, we're going to see at least three to five interest rate hikes as an average, based on what I've been able to gather from economists, analysts, and people that I trust within the the, uh, the marketplace uh, that have the wherewithal to make that kind of a judgment. And I think three to five rate hikes this year is probably pretty much can be banked on. Now, whether they're 25 basis points, 50 basis points per, we don't know yet. Probably a combination of the two, maybe not just 50, not just 25, but it's probably going to be a, a mixture to try to get things back into check, get this inflation back down to that 2 to 3%, which is going to take years, if not, well, I don't want to say you can't get it done, but it's going to be a struggle. We just are, we are, we have just so much, so much cash in the economy, but the problem is the cash isn't in the hands of the middle class, like people think. It didn't get, it didn't get trickled down. So how does the middle class keep ahead? How do they maintain consistency of growth in their investments? How do they stay ahead? These are all questions that we're going to be talking about today. But for now, look at PayPal. Look at those credit card processing companies. Look at, look at their stock prices of late. They're getting hammered. They're getting hammered. Why? Because consumer spending has slowed down. They're the barometers. They're great indicators. You know, People always say, well, how do you know when the consumer stops spending? Well, retail sales tells us the past, okay? But in real time, these processors, okay, they are in real time, so they know. And when they report and they tell you, oh, the last three months, last quarter wasn't great, we are, we're seeing that. But when they tell you the guidance for the next quarter or 12 months, or they don't even tell you guidance because they're not sure, that's bad. That's a red flag. So if they lower guidance or just say, you know, we're just not sure to be able to say anything because that's how uncertain it is, that might even be worse because they don't even know where the bottom is at that point or where their sales could end up. So when you look at the significantly overvalued S&P 500 based on uh, past P 
periods when the P.E. ratios were within check. We know that the last two years, uh, the economy grew substantially. Why? Well, because we put about $15 trillion into it through debt. Think about this. If you go back and look at the whole 30 plus trillion dollars of debt, because it's now over 30 trillion, 30, three zero. I want to make sure about three zero trillion. How much money is that? Hell, I don't know, but it sure sounds like a shitload, doesn't it? I mean, it's so crazy to even think about $30 trillion plus dollars in debt in a country that has top-line revenues of about $3.6 trillion. And make sure you understand that before I go any further. We have over $30 trillion in debt. We're talking about a fortune for every man, woman, and child in the United States to be able to write a check and to pay that off. You couldn't do it. It's in the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars per person, okay? It's crazy money, okay? So think about this, and we have a country, a government, a federal government that is bringing in around $3.6 trillion. So we have over $30 trillion in debt, okay? Let's say that you're a business owner. You have $30 trillion in debt at your business, and you have $3.6 trillion in revenue. Okay, now, yes, you're literally thinking, scratching your head going, how can that be? It's because we have been borrowing money to maintain the consistency of a growing economy and one of the lowest interest rate environments in history. That's why the stock market is at all-time highs. That's why the S&P, the Russell, the Dow, the NASDAQ, Global markets are at all-time highs. However, when you have $15 trillion, give or take, hit the U.S. economy through direct debt financing of various legislative packages, we have new mortgages from the market, which is the banks going to the Fed, putting it in the hands of consumers to buy homes. Look at home prices. Crazy. 30 40% annualized growth in major markets. That's not sustainable. That's artificial. That's not real. So I, uh, I made the point yesterday to one of my buddies, and uh, I was telling him, I said, man, we are at all-time highs here for real estate. Where can it go? When you start to get $1,000, $2,000 a foot for a piece of property or for a home that just five years ago was $250, $300 a foot, and now people are having to even go into further debt, to pay for their homes like they've never been stretched like this before. One small week, one small bad month, okay? One less dollar in their pocket and those mortgages aren't gonna get paid. And then for all the people that have got the wealth factor where they've got the stock market at these, at these unbelievable highs, PE ratios that are completely out of whack for a normal existing marketplace that would not have the volatility then you start to think about, well, if that market was to correct 20 or 30 percent, was the, was the wealth in the market for the people, for everybody? Or is the real wealth a perception of the market that they've got? In other words, the money they have in the stock market. You know, that's called the wealth effect. It's basically the idea that I have $100,000 in stocks, so I feel wealthy. That's up from maybe 50,000 five years ago, let's say. So you go out and you spend as if that $100,000 is cash in your bank account. Now it's cash if you sell it, but remember, if the market drops 20%, you've got $80,000. So the wealth effect went down. 
And that's kind of what I'm hearing people say is, well, I've got a lot of money in the stock market or I have money in bonds. And bonds, of course, with interest rates the lowest they've been in, I mean, ever. I mean, mortgages were under 3% here until recently. Now they've started to itch up a little bit. And with that, a lot of people are saying that's taken a lot of consumers out of buying a home first time or second time because the difference between the rate that they could have gotten six, eight, 12 weeks ago to the new rates today here in February of 22 is significantly higher to where they can't afford the house. So they're having to either not buy it or get something of lesser value. Okay. Nothing wrong with that, but people need to be mindful that, that we are going to see interest rates move up substantially this year and highly probable into 23, which by definition, that will considerably slow down consumer spending at the top line of these big $4 million, $3 million, whatever these big, big houses that rich people buy. And so my thought is, okay, if that's the case, then we're starting to see that kind of drill down into corporate profits since about 20% of the economy is housing, whether it's residential, commercial building, it's a huge part of our economy. When you think of all the various things and people and trades that are involved in building a building, a high-rise condo or a high-rise office building, a strip mall or beautiful residential single-family or multifamily homes, there's a lot of money that gets regenerated within the economy for just one house that's sold, okay? So now if you see that slowdown, which is about 20, maybe 22% of our entire economy, literally like 2007, 2008, and of course that 2008 was a horrendous, it was a depression for, for all intents and purposes for most people. What we saw was it took about, uh, about four and a half to five years for us to kind of get back on our feet again. It wasn't that we recovered right away or that four years later we were completely recovered. It was more like, okay, the pain has been reduced. It subsided a little bit. 2012, 13, 14, we kind of started picking it back up again. 15 was good, 16, and bam, boom, we roared right on up. Cut the taxes, became energy independent. Jobs are being created, pipelines are being built, gas, oil, everything's flowing, economy's ticking on all eight cylinders, couldn't have been better. So now, and then COVID hit, Nobody's nobody, no, no single administration's fault on that. It's not a blame game, it's just facts. Remember, it's facts, it's math. So the math is, stop the economy in 20, uh, supply chains were pretty much grounded to a halt. $15 trillion between 2021 were pumped into the economy through direct revenues, legislation of debt, which then turned into be various stimulus packages, which were needed, maybe not to the level they did, and we certainly don't need any more, but whatever the case is, it's done, and it created the issue that we're at right now. It's not that we can't overcome this, but like they said, there's going to be pain before there's fun times again. So let's talk about this S&P. The Hard Asset Money Show will be right back after a word from our sponsor. If you've got a collection of precious metals and United States or world rare coins, call one of our account executives at Hard Asset Management, the world's rare coin and precious metals dealer, and they'll be happy to give you a free evaluation and appraisal on the value. And we can give you guidance on any recommendations that you may need. Free shipping on all precious metals and rare coins orders. 844-426-4653. That's 844-426-4653. So now when you kind of look at a lot of the stocks out there that are that I consider to be resilient to a recession, 
even those are starting to get a little bit uh, hammered, which was a little surprising. So I was hoping that was going to give you a little bit of relief, at least some ideas. But even that, some of the stocks that I do follow, because I'm like anybody else, you know, I buy, I sell, I invest. I look at the long term. I don't look at the short term. I look at the long game. And some of the things that I would have thought had, have proven to hold up even better in the equities market have, certain, have started to be a little bit soft right now. They're not showing quite the strength. And, I, and it doesn't mean that the stocks are less good or, or, or less attractive. It means that there's a lot more cash coming out of the market rather than that would stay in the market through the uncertainties or the turbulent times, which is a little alarming. Again, they're not bad companies. In fact, their profits are quite good and they seem to do, they're, they're what they call value stocks and they seem to do pretty well when the economy starts to slow down, grind down, or just go to zero or just fall off the cliff. And right now, they're not doing as good as they have had in prior cycles like we're kind of entering right now. Now this, And I think it has to do a lot with the inflation, which we haven't seen this in 40 years. I mean, I was a kid when this last time this happened. So I can't say from experience. I have to tell you, I have to read it from books and, and looking at the past history, take those economics and apply those to today. When you look at the S&P 500's current valuation. Now listen to me really close on this because we did a lot of research on this, okay? When you look at the S&P 500's current valuation when compared to its historical valuation going back all the way to 1871, okay? 1871. We are seeing a stock market at some of the highest P.E. ratios ever, ever, okay? Not slightly higher, substantially higher, which creates significant risks. Significant, okay? That's as of the December 30 market close. So what that basically looks at is the cap ratio, okay? The cap ratio. So we looked at, we went back all the way, looked at markets from 1871. And then we looked forward current to the current markets as of the close of last year, because we're still gathering a lot of data. So today's show is really accumulation of months worth of work. And you basically have what they call the cap ratio, which is over 40 right now, okay? All right. So that's over 137% higher than the cap rates ratio of long-term historical average. You understand what I'm saying? So when you have this wealth effect where people feel rich or wealthy because their markets are up like stocks and bonds and their real estate values, but it's not really cash, like cash, like greenbacks in your bank account, savings or checking account, still cash, but you got to convert it to the real paper currency, right? So we're looking at a cap ratio at the end of last year. Now we've had some corrections this year, but now we bounce right back. We're almost back up to that 40 cap ratio again. That's 137% higher than the cap ratios long-term historical average. Okay, that's well above the 32.56 cap ratio reached in September of 1929. You got that? September of 29. Stock market did not crash in September of 29. Not yet, but we're going to get to that one. The only time the cap ratio has been higher is for a brief moment in the dot-com bubble peak. Okay, and that was in December of 99. It hit 44.19 for a second, briefly. And then we all know what happened then. Boom! That cap ratio went down a lot. And I mean quickly. By 2000, the markets had lost 30 to 40%. It was horrific. So we know 
that when you look at a normalized market with normal inflation of 2 to 3 maybe 4%, still showing growth, 2 is good, but markets don't grow at 35, 40, 45% per year unless you artificially stimulate them. I'm going to wire everybody listening today, theoretically, hypothetically, a million dollars, let's say. It cost me billions of dollars probably, which I don't have. So it's hypothetical. But let's say we did. And you went on, you took that, that billion dollars, million dollars, $10,000, whatever we, you get. Okay. Pretend I'm the government. I'm going to give you a handout. Like last year and the year before. And you spend it. TVs, cars, houses, sofas, clothes, shoes, nice hat. What do you think is going to happen? Prices are going to go up. Demand increased by 10, 20, 30 fold. Suppliers need to provide a product for the consumer's demand. Textiles, supply chains for all different products to make these things. Look what's happening right now with the car market. Chips, you can't get the chips. Okay, that's what happened. Is that real or is that artificial? Is it butter or is it margarine? Tastes like margarine to me. Hmm, smells like margarine. It's probably margarine, which means it ain't real. It's not real butter. It's artificial. And that's what we did. So we've got a cap ratio right now of around 39 to 40. Okay? We've taken just that brief moment in time in 99, 1999. This is the highest cap ratio, sustainable cap ratio for this length of time in, since 1871. Remember that. Facts don't lie, right? Math is science and facts are exactly what we base decisions on. So when you look at following both of these cap ratio peaks, September, listen to me carefully, of 1929 and December of 1999, the stock market crashed in a spectacular, unbelievable proportionate ratio within 45 to 60 days later. In short, if you look at the current cap ratio, okay, trying to define it here, the S&P is now well over double the cost of the historical average. And the NASDAQ and the Dow Jones, the Dow 30, are also both in extreme nosebleed levels. In fact, right now we're in the uh, space station, okay, that hovers and orbits the United States, the world, Africa goes around and around. Right now, we're kind of looking down at America. We're in the space station. That would be the extreme nose, nosebleed section. That's where we're at in cap ratios, okay, in relation to what it should be based on anything that we can find out there. That's fact, right? So you take everything that's available, which is historical numbers, and we put those into a simple understanding is the stock market is exceedingly overvalued. Precious metals are exceedingly undervalued in our opinion. And we base that on facts, okay? Historical facts. So now let's take a look at the Buffett indicator. Warren Buffett, I have a lot of respect for him and his investing. Never met him, would love to one day. His investing is legendary. Like him or not, you can't deny He's a genius when it comes to buy and hold, and he picks winners, and but he stays away from perceived winners or other things that which other people buy because he knows he's been around long enough. So let's talk about the Buffett indicator, which is the ratio of the total market capitalization over the gross domestic product, which will show the overall stock market is significantly overvalued. 
the ratio currently stands at about 209.5%. Okay, it's approximate because it obviously changes when we finished a lot of these reports. A fairly valued market is a ratio somewhere between 98 and 119. I want to say that again. We're at around 209 plus percent. Somewhere between 98 and 119 is normal. Anything above 141% is considered significantly overvalued. Got it? So if you were looking at the historic valuations of stocks, precious metals, silver was at $50 an ounce not too long ago. We're significantly lower, profit-taking, understandable. Now it's hot. Now it's strong. So what are you going to do? Are you going to watch the equity markets, the bond markets deflate, go down 20, 30, 40%? Or do you reposition or do you hold, and but you add hard assets to your portfolio to offset the potential decline that is more than probable at this point coming this year? So this way you still have an investment portfolio, long-term that is, that holds a number of different asset classes that can weather all storms because even if one portion of the portfolio may decline, you've got another portion that's going up, that's gaining, that's got growth, so you look like a winner because you are a winner. So if you take that, and let's keep moving on here because there's a lot more, but I'm getting weighed by my producer. I've got to take a commercial break. Stand by. We'll be right back. Okay, don't go away, don't move, grab that pencil and paper, these facts are good. Okay, we'll be right back. With many gold experts predicting gold can surge up to $25,000 an ounce, now is the time to buy gold. Hard Asset Management has the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, award-winning customer service, and expedited shipping. Gold was up 25% last year, an incredible return for any investor. Call now or go to our website at bmcham.com and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own gold. 844-426-4653. All right, welcome back. So what we're talking about again today, for anybody that's jumping in the middle, is how to survive the mega collapse of 22. And I use the word mega only because I could say the potential, the probable, the high potential. It's going to happen. I mean, it's gravity. Okay. If anybody's ever thrown a rock up, watch what happens. It's just the way it is. You can't have, you can't have 40% annualized growth in real estate, uh, equities, uh, 30 years worth of low interest rates or declining interest rates. I mean, it was pretty much a few months ago, they were giving the money away out of helicopters a few years ago and months ago between banks, loaning it at two and a half to 3%. Government was throwing it out of helicopters and planes to everybody by just looking up. It was crazy. Trillions of dollars. We don't even know where it went. Nobody seems to know. It just kind of was there and then it went poof, it's gone. And there's inflation and everybody's bitching and complaining because beef prices are up 80%. You go get a hamburger, it's like $700 or some crazy shit, right? That's crazy. I mean, I heard Starbucks raise their prices again this week. And I mean, pretty soon it's either, let's see, we can buy the $30 hamburger or the $20 cup of coffee. Hmm, I don't know. Both sound really good, but uh, well, I really just can't afford it. So again, you got to be prepared for the inevitable. And I, I read something a while back that people spend an average of three weeks out of the year planning a one-week vacation. But then they spend less than two hours a year going over 
and either adjusting or improving their long-term investment portfolio. Now, that's a bad ratio. That should flip-flop. We should be more worried about long-term investment growth than worrying about pina coladas on the beach, which I do like that, by the way. I'm not, I'm not judging. Hey, I love that stuff. I just spend more time making sure I can pay for it without going into debt when I hit the beach than I have to use credit cards. So that's just a different philosophy. I'd much rather know that that one week is paid off, paid for, no budget, have a great time because why? We did sound, long-term, prudent investing objectives. That's the key. Again, and I'm not a registered investment advisor. I don't hold any of that. I'm simply just a, just a guy here trying to tell it like it is and trying to give an opinion on why people should diversify and have at least and own some portion of their monies in hard assets, especially right now, like right now, this is the time. So when you look at some of the most reliable ways to make money in the stock market is to buy low and sell high. Conversely, buying high and selling low is a guaranteed way to lose money, right? Wrong? Okay, come on, that's right. Based on current valuations, we are like two times normal what we ever should be. And we're only within a point or two of some of the all-time, all-time highs, but we've been looking at this thing in the wrong way. We need to be looking at this saying, look, you've made your money, either you take it off the table or you allow yourself to ride out the storm because you've got insurance. You've bought insurance called hard assets. So perhaps you could buy high and sell higher later. I mean, that's always a possibility, but this isn't an advisable way to invest or to, to make business or investment or rational decisions. Not unless you consider gambling to be investing because I don't like to gamble personally. I love Vegas, but I'm not a guy that's going to roll $10,000 on black or red. I just not. I'd rather take $10,000 and buy some silver because why? Well, if you look at silver prices as an average, it's been working about 10% annualized return since the seventies. That's not bad. $10,000 on, on the roulette wheel. Yeah, yeah, you might be able to turn that into 20, 30, 40 grand, but the highest probability is you won't. But the highest probability, if you diversify, you'll probably be significantly further ahead, 5, 10, 20 years from now. That uh, pretty much is a, is a good bet. So perhaps, okay, just perhaps here, and I'm just spitballing, maybe what we do is you look at the fundamentals. So like successful long-term index fund investors involve buying when the market is cheap, right? Successful long-term index fund investing involves buying when the market index is cheap. Okay, you got that? When the cap ratio is below 15 or the Buffett indicator is below 76, you buy. The cap ratio is 40 right now, not 15, and the Buffett indicator is over 200, not 76, okay? Don't spend three weeks determining a one-week vacation, which you go into credit card debt for. Instead, spend three weeks a year doing proper asset allocation to your long-term investment portfolio so you can take two weeks on a vacation and it's paid for with no credit card debt. That sounds like a better plan. I don't know. I'm just, call me crazy on that one. So when you look at based on the cap ratio and the Buffett indicator, the U.S. stock market is not only significantly overvalued, the ratios are out of whack. It's called chaos. And moreover, it continues to be propelled by dangerously upward central bank credit pumping. Real tightening will not be occurring for at least about another, what, three to five weeks. So they're still pumping cash in. By the, they're still doing the bond buying, right? I think it's like, 60 billion or 80 billion a month or something like that, give or take. Crazy, crazy amount of money. So the Fed's buying bonds. They've got like, 
what did I hear, $8.5 trillion now? I mean, it, obviously, it's changing by the month, but I think my, our last research showed it like $8.3 trillion. Okay, so we've got $30 trillion plus on the U.S. federal national debt. That's not liabilities, okay? Remember, that's not all the, the, the liabilities of the U.S. government. No, 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 no. That's, that, that show's going to be in a couple of days. <laughs> you ain't going to like the debt, the debt uh, show we're doing. But let's just talk first, 30 plus trillion on the national level, and we have an eight plus trillion dollar balance sheet on the Fed level. Well, who do you think is responsible for the Fed level? We are. When they put that money back in the market and they want their $8 trillion back, remember, they're going to pull $8 trillion out of the economy. It's called deflation. So you have inflation with deflation. It's called stagflation. That's really bad for equities, for bonds, and for real estate. But it is fantastic for precious metals and rare coins. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, positively. The Hard Asset Money Show will be right back after a word from our sponsor. The world is in crisis, with political unrest and financially unstable countries trying to print their way to prosperity by taking on trillions of dollars of new debt. It's incredibly concerning. That's why you need to own silver as a hedge. So call today to receive the free Hard Asset Information Kit on how easy it is to own silver. Green energy demands will possibly turbocharge silver prices to 50, 100, even 300 an ounce, according to many experts around the world. Silver is a proven hedge against inflation. Since 1971, silver has returned over 11% to an average yearly. Silver is a proven wealth preservation for hundreds of years. Silver in 2020 rose over 47%, while the dollar declined close to 7%. Hard Asset Management is a trusted leader in precious metals and rare coins for nearly 40 years. We have the guaranteed lowest prices, fast and easy ordering, expedited shipping, with award-winning customer service available 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. CST, Monday through Friday. So protect yourself from the chaos. Invest in stability with Hard Asset Management. Call now and get your free hard asset management information kit on how easy it is for you to own silver. 844-426-4653. 844-426-4653. Let's talk a little bit about what the major U.S. stock market indexes are at risk. Okay? Like how much at risk? What is it could be that they see? In other words, could they see 15,000 on the Dow? It's at 34,000. Could they see 20,000? Who knows? I don't know. Is a correction forthcoming? Of course it is. It is always going to come. You're always going to have boom and bust. But this could be a lot more on the bust side, more so than we've ever seen in history. That's the problem. That's the problem. So it doesn't mean you go and cash everything out of stocks and bonds. That's not what I'm saying. That's, that is a personal decision you got to look at yourself. But remember, it's okay taking a profit because the last I checked, I've never met anybody. And I mean anybody that when they make an investment and they've always made a profit, I've never seen anybody go broke yet. Just saying. I'm just trying to be easy to understand, right? So if you put a $10,000, a fifty, dollars or $100,000 or maybe a million dollars in the market five, 10 years ago, and it's doubled or tripled, what do you think is going to happen again? It's going to double, triple again? You think we're going to be at the Dow 100000 You think the Dow is going to be 50000 this year? Where's it going to come from? Where's it going to come from? Where's the money going to come from? So we don't recommend anything unless you do your own homework and it's best for you. But we're telling you from experience and history that when you diversify, you have a higher average yearly return when you look at the long term. 
So how do you survive the mega collapse of 22? With inflation raging out of control, it's a fact. We have inflation out of control. You cannot control it for 22 or 23. You will tighten up lending fast, but that will not stop inflation yet. What that's going to do is that'll probably make housing come to a grinding halt. And I'm not saying that housing is going to drop by 50 or 60%. I can tell you that there's a lot of people out there that are a hell of a lot smarter than me, way more educated, much more experienced that are saying exactly that. Do I believe them? Pretty much I do, but I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying the highest probability of equities and bonds and real estate correcting 30 to 50% based on the math, historical value that we're seeing from the past to now the present, which is now turning into the future as a reality, it's probably going to happen. So what's more foolish are the policies that are coming out of Washington, which are, tra which are trashing the foundations of the economics, right? So you've got pipelines being cut, dismantled, stopped. You've got oil hit $94 a barrel today, people. $94. Why? Well, we've got a current administration, good, bad, or indifferent. I don't care. And we're not political here. We don't judge. We're just telling it like it is. Day one, new administration last year, cut the Keystone Pipeline. Probably is good for the environment, or maybe it's bad, or it's not good for the environment. Who knows? But I can tell you what it was bad for. Tens of thousands of jobs were gone. That hurt. Second, Oil jumped immediately. Cuts in drilling on federal, federal land. Good, bad, or indifferent? It happened. Oil's up. Gas prices are up. So you got to remember, where every action is, there's a reaction. If you cut production, you're not going to be able to go and call the Saudis or the Iranians or whoever you want, the, the Russians, especially now when they're about to invade Ukraine and have a little bit of a World War III over there. You're not going to ask them, hey, can you start pumping more oil? When we were oil independent, up till the current administration. We were pumping more oil. We were selling oil. We were selling natural gas. We had $2 a dollar. In fact, I think I saw once two years ago, $1.75 at one station for a gallon of gas. You'd be hard pressed to find it under four bucks right now. Okay. Real hard press in, in the West or East Coast markets. Maybe in middle of America, there might be a $3.50 out there somewhere, a $3.75. I don't have that. I've got the $4 to $4.50 now. So I've even got the $5 because, you know, in Puerto Rico, it's all based on uh, liters. So when you do the equation, it's like five bucks, six bucks. It's not cheap. So when you're looking at these current policies, price inflation, supply chain disruptions, labor shortages, energy shortages, food and fertilizer scarcity, extreme wealth disparity, stock, bond, and real estate bubbles, flash mob smash and grab robberies, I could say more, but that's enough. That's chaos. That's problems. So for these reasons, and, and there's a few others, 22 will be the year of the collapse or correction or something that people are going to remember because it's going to be painful. In fact, it's already happening. If you look at the last six weeks, the markets have corrected more. They've rebounded a bit. And thank goodness for some people because it gave them an opportunity to get the hell out or to reposition a lot of their asset allocation dollars. So regardless of how expensive the stock market indices are, okay, and no matter how delusional investor expectations are for future returns, you've got to do something with your savings and investment capital. And when I say delusional investor, I'm one of those guys sometimes. I believe that everybody should have stocks, bonds, real estate, rare coins, precious metals. I'm a believer. And maybe you're delusional, but the delusional part is for the people who don't do that, okay? I'm a believer that history will repeat itself. And if you look at history 
and you look at all these facts and all these things of which we consider to be true and mathematics is the perfect science, it shows that if you add these things, then you're going to be okay. And with the stock market crash, we've already kind of seen, I call it the crash, but it's really more of a correction. It's not a crash. 30, 40% is a crash. So let's call it a correction in the last four or five weeks. If you look at all that, gold without question is the tried and true form of wealth protection. Paper dollars, debt instruments, dollar-based interest and dividend payments and the whole gamut of paper promises may not be there for, the, for a mega collapse. That's one thing you got to remember. This is going to be different. If you look at 2008 through 2012, there was a ton of businesses that big, I'm talking big businesses, big, that cut the dividend to zero. Banks, oil companies, gas companies, utility companies. Think about that for a second. You think, oh, now these banks are doing great and this and that. If there's no consumers to lend to, they ain't going to be doing great. If we start losing jobs, what you got to remember is this is different this time. What happened in 2008, there was no inflation like today. No, the consumer still, even though they were tight, and yes, real estate collapsed, equities collapsed, bonds, the one factor then that's different than today is inflation was under control to the degree that it wasn't double digits, 15, 20, 30%. It was in the 2 3%. So even 4 maybe. It depends on who you ask. So that's different today than it was. And that's hugely the big problem. So to be clear, gold is not an investment, right? In the sense of a traditional investment. It doesn't pay a dividend or interest. Still, it's far more than just a pet rock, as we like to say, or, or as Buffett, Warren Buffett asserts. Gold specifically is an anti-investment, right? Remember that. It's a safe haven for wealth. It maintains wealth. It can grow wealth, and it's especially prudent for times like now when we see a lot of the bad or the worst possible scenarios happening on top of inflation, which is at a 40-year high and probably will make some type of an all-time high in certain categories, like whether it's the meats, the vegetables, the cars, the real estate, consumer goods, commodities. I mean, you name it, name it. There's at least 10 to 70% growth. Look at lumber prices. Crazy, crazy. Yet if gold's an anti-investment, then what's silver? Okay, let's talk about silver. For one, it's an industrial metal with many different applications. Okay, however, here's what's also. It's also an anti-investment. It's a hybrid of wealth refuge, right? And silver like gold will still endure after the mega collapse. Remember that. Okay, whether we have a massive correction or a full-blown mega collapse into a depression, which certainly is not off the table by any means. In fact, it's not only on the table, it's probably the centerpiece right now. You see, at the moment, silver is despised even by holders of precious metals because they're looking for the pop. They're looking for the time to buy. Well, that's when you buy. You buy when it's low. If I've said anything in this show, buy low, sell high. Stock market, bonds, real estate, all-time highs. In fact, they're such at all-time highs that the ratios for all of that is upside down. It's completely crazy ratios right now. In other words, if somebody was to tell you that that car is $50,000, okay, great. But you got to pay $100,000 for it? That's bad. That's a bad ratio. Well, guess what? You go try to find some of these new cars today, they're bringing more over sticker than any time I can ever imagine. And used cars are bringing more in some cases than new cars. It's the craziest thing. I'll give you an example, another one. A buddy of mine uh, <clears throat> was buying a Rolex 
Not an expensive one, in fact. Believe it or not, there are inexpensive Rolexes. A new one was a, was the, was priced at, let's say, I think it was five or $6,000, which is not bad for a, a good timepiece. That's a good, good price for a watch. And it was a very inexpensive Rolex. And it was, I think it was like new. It may not have been brand new, but it was like new. It was more than the new one because you can't get a brand new one right now. You can't get them. So the used one was slightly more than a new one. And if you want a new, new one, Okay, but being based on what a what the expected retail price was of the new one, that is. Let me make sure it's clear. A used one is slightly more than the suggested retail price of a new one. But the reality is, if a new one was available, it was twice the price of the suggested retail. Crazy. That's what people are buying into. Do you really think that that bubble is going to be around forever? Do you really think that that is capable of maintaining the consistency of that level of inverted ratio forever? Absolutely not. When the gold and silver ratio is above 80, silver is comparatively inexpensive relative to gold. Okay. Now, according to gold and silver report, the last three times the gold and silver ratio topped 80, listen to me carefully, silver increased 40%, then it went to 300%, then it went to 400%. So right now we've got over a 200 plus cap ratio in equities should be around 75 to 90. We have bonds at all time high, interest rates at all time lows. We have the Buffett indicator, which is a hardcore in stone philosophy way that Buffett invests. And he's never been wrong on that ratio at double what that ratio should be almost over two times. And we've got the ratio for gold and silver at a historic low right now. So let's see, sell, let me see, sell high, buy low. Hmm, pretty novel idea. So with all of that said, the gold and silver ratio as of December 30th of 21, just a few, what, six weeks ago, was 78.78. Now that's pretty doggone close to 80. Do I need to say more? Or is it time for you to do more? Because the last time gold and silver, the last three major bull markets in silver and gold, the ratio was 80, silver increased 40%, then went to 300, and then it increased 400%. So you do the math, you do the decisions. We're here to help you. Call our toll-free number, go on our website. This is Christian Briggs, the host of the Hard Asset Money Show, coming to you from Puerto Rico. I wish everybody good investing.